Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi. Hi. Hello. Happy birthday. Oh. At least when everyone's listening to when this, everyone's listening. it is your birthday. Yes, I have a Friday birthday this year. It's very exciting. Are you going out? Uh, to dinner? Does that count as yeah. out? That's out. out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, sure. You're great. leaving the house in honor of your birthday. I'm leaving the house in honor of my birthday. Uh, have a babysitter and everything. Will I probably be home by 9.30? Yeah. But nonetheless. That's what you want to do on your birthday. I went out. Yeah, it's my birthday. I do what I want, right? doesn't mean you have to stay out late just because no. it's your birthday. Totally. I am fangirling over the Twix pie that you bought me for my birthday, uh, which was a goddamn delight. Didn't taste like a Twix. No. But it tasted like sugary, buttery goodness. Weirdly, like pecan pie. Now I'm wondering, do I say pecan or pecan? I've said it both ways now. Don't know what I say normally, but was very into it. (laughs) I also, you know me well enough to know that like, I'm fine with cake. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not the best of desserts all the time. It doesn't need to be the only thing you get on your birthday. And I also appreciated that you know my favorite pie is French silk, but we cannot get it in Los Angeles because everyone hates us. I was on my computer for, I swear, like two hours. Why is there no I will track it down. No, I didn't. I mean, because it's impossible. There's one place that you can buy it, but it's like once a week situation like a very difficult yes very very tough now all i want is the holiday french silk that comes out at baker square in like say in november that's now what i want why don't i have a november birthday to align with the holiday french silk what are you fangirling over i was trying to think of what i've been doing lately Mm. and it's all a blur (laughs) like where have i been but i I remember. Okay. I'm good. Yes. So I have a couple things to fangirl over. First, I went to the Griffith Park Halloween ghost train Mm -hmm. on Sunday night, and it is for families. Yes. Maybe some smaller children. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 20-minute train ride. You straddle on a tiny train. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're a big person sitting in an elementary school desk. I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. What were the highlights? You go through everything. It's like... Every Halloween, a lot of Halloween tunnels, giant Halloween inflatables. There are themes like in the beginning, it was kind of Frankenstein, and then it went into like a little shop of horror situation. Uh You go through like a cemetery, a mine, so many different things. There's a dinosaur at one point. It's a Halloween hodgepodge. It's so great, Mm -hmm. though. You love a theme. A lot of fog machines. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I want to go again, but no, because it was. A little expensive for what it is. <laughs> but also you're helping the museum. Totally. Yeah. The train museum? Yeah. Is that where you help? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. There's a train museum at Griffith Park if you ever want to go. Yes. Which is this year right across the yard from Boney Island, which is another family-friendly Halloween event mm-hmm. that got recently relocated. Yes. Which I would also fangirl over and recommend to families and people like me who just love Halloween. Love Halloween so much. Love some good, clean fun. You really do. Some candy, some good, clean fun, a wig. Yeah. Not and I, I, well, I was fangirling over Horror Nights last week, yes. so like a little bit of opposite end. Mm-hmm. I uh, like it all. Well, as we know from previously, you have a planner, a handwritten planner that is taking into consideration all of your Halloween activities. You're a busy gal in the yep, month of October. I am busy tomorrow, Saturday. 
like two things on Saturday. A lot of go- what are you doing going. on actual Halloween? I don't know because it's a weekday. I know the Wednesday. weekend before is normally the Saturday before is where the Halloween parties will be. Right. Who knows where it will take me? Who knows? Uh, me like a dum dum. I'm running a half marathon the day after that on a Sunday, so I will be doing nothing on yeah. the Saturday. You'll be going to bed Halloween. at nine thirty. Yeah, eating a lot of pasta and then going to bed at nine thirty. <laughs> Perfect. Are you training? No. <laughs> okay. I had intended to. Cut to six months later, and I have not. I've also had this cough situation for going on three weeks now. It sucks. And maybe I'll downgrade to the 5K. Big difference between a half marathon and a 5K. Don't care. Yeah. We'll see. Um, one last thing. I took everyone's advice, and I'm finally caught up with a good place. So I'm in. You're in? Yeah. Are you totally in? Mm-hmm. It's on my list. I it's keep... so easy to watch, I know. too. It's like a 12-episode season, 30 yeah. minutes. You so, can do it. In a couple of weeks, I'm going on a flight, um, and I have, like, a couple of hours to myself, which, you know, hasn't happened in 15 months. And um, I plan to just maybe binge that. Get Because, like, two hours, I get, like, six episodes in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Six to eight episodes? Perfect. And then that gets me, like, all the way through almost season one. Then I'm on the way back, get through season one into season two. Yeah. I'll be caught up in no time. Great. <laughs> it's settled. <laughs> it is settled. Really quickly before we go too much further, we have a Veronica email update. Um, our new friend Veronica, making my life, sending us photos. Love this so much. Sending us photos of like her celebrity sightings, her Jason Siegel story, loving all of it. And then we also got an email from our friend Don giving us his top eight in advance yeah. of this podcast for us to consider and also just to like put it out there i was like is this shaping my opinion maybe but there are a couple things on his list that are not on ours yeah and i'm worried don i'm so sorry you might be very upset i think more upset with me because i feel as if the 80s cartoons don't hit with me as much as 70s and 90s um interesting i wonder if it's because one, I mean, our age difference might show itself here a little bit, yeah. but if, like, there was so much new animation in the 90s when you were a kid mm-hmm. that it sort of, like, pre, you know, or, or it sort of, like, knocked the 80s syndication stuff out of your purview, I guess. Also, I feel like uh, a lot of people didn't care as much about animation in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Even, like, Disney had a rough time. No, like, they... everything just kind of looked bad. Yeah. It's cheesier. Much like some shows we'll talk about, like mm-hmm. Transformers, Gem, G.I. Joe. It's all, like, to push toy sales. Totally. Like, it was a very weird time yes. for children's programming. Speaking of that, though, I read the book Disney War. Have you ever read it? No. Fascinating. It's about the rise and fall of Michael Eisner at Disney and sort of, like, Katzenberg, like, what all happened in the 80s. Eisner almost got rid of animation entirely at Disney because it was, like, not making them any money. They'd put out Oliver. It, like, didn't do great. And they just, like, were not focused on it in any way whatsoever. So it's like, think about that. Whew. What? What like a time. Ariel saved us all. <laughs> P- pretty much. I mean, that was, like, That you was know, the comeback. It kind of was. And then it was like, all right, I guess we'll reinvest here. So without further ado, shall we do our top eight cartoon theme songs for the 80s? You know what's funny? What? We were just shitting on, like, Disney sucked in the 80s. Three These are all shows Disney. are Disney, pretty much at least on this list. But it's like they were doing it in TV because I think they were like, Mur. 
it's not worth it to make a movie because they're so expensive. So we'll do these like shitty things mm-hmm. over here and then just make a ton of money in syndication. So number eight, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. There's no case to make, no case to That's the part people like. Yeah, this didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, you were like, what? And I re-listened before we recorded. I was like, okay, I'm into it now. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a hot jam. The one thing with all of these is that they're maybe a little bit longer than you want all of them to be, mm-hmm. for the most it's part. It's pretty much a full-length song. Yeah, it's almost two minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of action, a lot of like things going on, but you get multiple times with the ch 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 Also, do you know the show at all? Hardly. Okay. There's actually a ride in Toontown at yeah. Disneyland, but I'm always like, what is this again? What? Every time I'm on it. It's what? a little kitty coaster that is very fun. It's yeah. 30 seconds long, and it's for this show, mm-hmm. and I never can put it together. Right. So Chippendale Rescue Rangers premiered on the Disney Channel March 4th, 1989. Um, so Chippendale are two chipmunks uh, who started detective agency, as they should. It's called Rescue Rangers. And then along with their friends Gadget, Monterey, Jack, and Zipper, um, the pint-sized detectives deal with crimes that are often too small for the real police to handle, usually with other animals as their clients. Mm-hmm. And they frequently run into their arch-villains, uh, Fat Cat, and the mad scientist Norton Nimnal. So Chip is like the leader, and then he is kind of like an Indiana Jones. Yeah. The, well, the shirts are actually based on... Indiana Jones and, like, what is it, Magnum P.I.? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the song is sung by Jeff Pachetto. Uh, keep that name in mind because he might make some appearances later. But the full version of the song was sung by the Jets. Do you remember the Jets? No. I think I only remember them because I think they're a Minnesota band, if I remember correctly. But they were, like, it was like a family band. But there's a full version of it that you can listen to. And I was like, yes. So over two minutes? Yeah. Like, wow. Yes. Because I think the theme itself is like 140, 120, something around that. And then the full version is I think much for longer. your, I don't know, for like a, your next big birthday, uh, we should hire a cover band, but they only do theme songs. Oh, my God. My dream. Yes. That's 100% what we're Great. doing. Great. It's so done. We're renting a house and it's just you and me and this cover band. <laughs> and we like get to go up there and sing karaoke with them. Perfect. Oh, that could be even better. Theme Great. song karaoke. Theme song karaoke. Do you want to do number seven? Okay. Number seven The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. You said something last night. You were like, if I had a dollar for all the times I've sung something to the theme of this song, I was yeah. like, what? Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear. I have done, like, whatever fits in that, I have sung it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is so catchy. I actually remember watching this more on a VHS tape. Oh, interesting. Than, like, on, on television. Mm-hmm. But uh, very fond memories of this theme song. Love. Love. The th- this theme is actually called He's Pooh Bear. It's like, that's the actual theme song title. He's Pooh Bear. He's Pooh Bear. Like, duh. <laughs> duh, guess. Uh, so this show first aired January of 1988 on the Disney Channel, then moved to its neighbor, ABC. Mm-hmm. 
So it's composed by Steve Nelson and performed by Greg and Steve, a musical group geared towards children. <laughs> it's like a Rafi. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold over four million records. So these guys... With the Pooh Bear single or in general? In general. They went to high school together in Newport Beach. Then they moved to California. Moved to California. They moved to Los Angeles in order to be closer to the musical scene. But yes, they got... as you do. Yeah. They got jobs as like... Um, like aids, like school aids for special needs kids. And they found that they basically did like music therapy with these kids. And they were like, oh, wait, maybe we're onto something. Then they formed this band. <gasps> and here we are. Now they have an iconic Pooh Bear song. They have an iconic Pooh Bear song. Wow. Yes. So this show's actually still in syndication. I know. Just not in the U.S. No, globally. Like basically everywhere else. Yeah, like you can go to the Czech Republic, watch it. Why aren't they throwing this up on Disney Junior? I don't know. What People else are kids watch watching? It. I would watch it, 100%. I mean, maybe because of the new Winnie the Pooh movie, they tr- they're trying to move forward. Separating I it. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Winnie the Pooh is a very classic thing, no matter what decade. Is it weird that kids I are gonna watch always it? forget that Disney owns it? Like, it feels like it's yeah. own separate thing, and then I'm like, oh, right. No. It, yeah, it does feel weird. It does feel strange to me. Okay, number six. Alvin and the Chicken. So I love the intro to this so much. Like they start off and they're like performing at what appears to be like the Greek theater. They're like a huge amphitheater. Like they have packed the stadium. Anyway, it's 1983 to 1987. So now this is kind of... It's a long time. Long time. It was like five seasons or something like that. So this originally, the chipmunks were created by this gentleman named Ross. I think it's Bagdasarian. He does it in 1958 for sort of a novelty record. And that's, you know, it's his voice and he's basically just like moving mm-hmm. like the speed to make all the different characters. Right. His son is the one that creates the animated show. Oh. He does the voice of Alvin Simon, Dave, and then his wife, <gasps> Janice, does Theodore <gasps> and the Chipettes. Wow. I know. So Bagdasarian and um, her name is Janice Carmen. They wrote this song and perform it, and the whole thing was just like a follow-up to the Elvin show, and um, Elvin and the Chipmunks is where we get to meet the Chipettes. This is the only reason why I watched You it. love the Chipettes. <laughs> you love the Chipettes. Um, and this is, uh, um, what was the main girl's name, the main Chipette? I'm blanking right now. Mm. Oh, no. You're ask- you shouldn't ask questions like this. While we're recording. I know. we sound dumb. Because now we sound dumb. I don't know. But I love that they were just basically like the chipmunks with bows. Like they were like a one-to-one comparison. There's an Alvin one. There's a Theodore one. Yeah. Yeah, There's like a chubby girl one. Like, But they were amazing because Theodore was always He wasn't even really chubby. He just liked to eat a lot. Mm -hmm. I always like understood Theodore. But yeah, I love the like family connection here. Then you have the wife and husband like doing the voices, singing. This was like wildly successful. And then- they, like, very tightly own the rights to the chipmunks and have, like, gotten in lawsuits and stuff about, like, the licensing of the chipmunks For and the all movies stuff. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they still own the rights to it. Yeah. I remember this theme song coming on. 
maybe like a two or three in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Cartoon Network was having like a slow period during the day, uh-huh. and they would just show Alvin reruns. But I loved it. You didn't love it? I it was okay. I always was confused. Like, were they wearing dresses? Was it just a long sleep shirt? shirts? Yeah. What's going on there? It's like a Hey Arnold situation. Like, is that a dress? Oh no, it's just a shirt under a sweater. Mm-hmm. Confused. Yeah, it's a sleep shirt. It's an album. Yeah, they're always like ready for bed. That's what I thought. They are always ready for bed. Theodore was sleepy, probably because he ate so much. (laughs) I get it. Wow, putting it all together, it all makes sense. Okay, but let's talk about a better one. Number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's my favorite part is when it's not even a second verse, maybe, but a second line Mm -hmm. when they're still kind of chanting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles underneath it. Oh, like that's kind of like the base of the song. Uh It's my favorite part. We're just going to say the title over and over and over again. Perfect. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like someone's just talking Mm -hmm. over that. Pretty much. Great. This, there's there's some facts in this situation. You said you were going to blow my mind or something well, I'm ready. I thought I was blowing people's minds and then I texted my husband about it and I was like do you want to have your mind blown and then he already knew and it was like totally upsetting to me okay well let's see if I know guess who wrote this theme song I have no idea Chuck Lorre what yes I didn't know this I know so Chuck Lorre wrote the theme and composed it with Dennis C. Brown so Lorre he was a writer on Heathcliff a separate animated which love, show which discussed. I loved we almost newsflash doesn't make this list. I was a little upset about it. Poor man's Garfield was great. I thought it was a fever dream for a long time because no one else talked about it. But so Lori then becomes like a Roseanne writer, and then he goes on to create. I mean everything, Dharma and everything. Craig, like Dharma and Craig. Like I mean, it's you know Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly, Big Bang. Like there's a lot going on with Chuck Lorre. So. He and this guy, Dennis C. Brown, first of all, Chuck Lorre wrote a Deborah Harry song. So sorry. What? Like, French Kissing in the USA? Why? What is this man of mystery? I, what is happening? I mean, I was so conflicted and, like, confused by this whole thing. Anyway, they write the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song, and then they're now, like, working together forever. Dennis C. Brown composed the themes for Dharma and Greg, Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly, <gasps> Grace Under Fire, like... Chuck Lorre's like, this is my guy. This guy did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're together we go forever. Way back. We go I know, way back. I know what he's capable of Com- making hits. Right? It was amazing. So it's sung by this guy, James Mandel, who's AKA Miles Doppler. What? Why uh-huh. do we need an AKA? But so the show started October 1st, 1988. In some countries, it's known as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because apparently Ninja was like controversial. Okay. Sure. It was originally launched as a five-part miniseries. To your point earlier, it basically was only a show to sell toys. Yeah. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Which is crazy because you came up with the idea to sell a turtle action figure well, before the show? It was a dark comic book. Okay. And it had like a cult following, but it was small. And the people who were like con- like uh, approached about making the toy were like, uh, is this like 
gonna be big is enough. It, yeah, is it yeah. worth it? And so they essentially were like, "Can you make it into a show?" And then, oh yeah, we can. Oh, it became like the most. They're like, "Have you seen Jim? We can do it." Yeah, we can do it, and it was a wild success. Yeah. Instant, instantly successful. Like every boy and a lot of girls, but especially boys, mm-hmm. like loved Ninja Turtles. Heroes and my show. my early Turtle childhood. Power. I just remember like that. Oh yeah, me too. But I mean, the theme like. Great, great hook. Yeah. Love it. Great marketing. Persists through all of it. Like, it's still the theme. Like, it's, like, great, wonderful, killed it. And the show is, like, I think why people like it is because, you know, you could – there's four main characters. You can choose kind of who you're into. Like, mm-hmm. are you more of a Leonardo kind of kid? there's, like, or... a fight because no one wants to be the brainy one. No. You want to be the party dude. But then, yeah, and then you have, like, Splinter. And they all and love there's pizza. A girl. They all love pizza. Who doesn't love pizza? And there's April. Like, there's a girl in there. Like, get her in there, and she's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, she's wearing a yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, with red, red hair. hair. She's cool. Basically Carmen San Diego, but whatever. It's fine. Um, re- like, she looks like her. They have a similar aesthetic. I have a lot of questions about uh, what you're seeing versus what I'm seeing. I've just seen a lot of yellow and red is basically okay, what I'm seeing. Okay, fair. Um, and the theme. Really hot jam. Really, the theme, I think, is what probably propels the franchise to continue today. Yeah. Because you have people like us who are like, like it's just stuck in your brain. I don't know what else gets stuck in your brain. Number four. Oh, God. Inspector Gadget. something I will whistle and not realize I'm whistling it. Well, one of my favorite facts about this theme song is that occasionally during episodes, Inspector Gadget hums his own theme. Stop it. Yes. I love that. <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, it just gets in your head. Yeah, you can't. You can't help it. No. So this was inspired by... Edvard Grieg's movement in the Hall of the Mountain King. Okay. Which I played for you before. Yes. I will play it again now. It's just really I get hard. It. It's hard for me to sing it when I think about Inspector Gadget. Completely. Because they are different, but they're so similar that I can't, like, differentiate yeah. them at the when thinking about one. They're both earwigs. Like, it's yes. like the second you get it in your brain, you're like, well, that's my day now. Here we are. <laughs> like, this is all that I'm listening to. Now I'm just, inspector. now I'm questioning everything, like us putting it at four. It's such a hot jam. Yeah, I know. So it's actually been used for a lot of early rap records. Love. Uh, so it's been sampled by the cartoon crew of... On ZYX Music, a group called Bad Boys and K-Love released a record um, that was featured, that featured a sample. Um, Slick Rick and Doug E. Fresh used samples of it. And let's not forget that the boy band Youngstown used it for I'll Be Your Everything, which was featured in the live-action Inspector Gadget movie. Yeah, with Matthew Broderick. Um, some girls in my school used that song for their lip-sync contest. In fifth grade. Did they win? No. Oh. But I remember it vividly. Yeah, because Inspector Gadget is an earwig and it's in your head. (laughs) And it was just a very, like, interesting song choice. Yeah. Not against it. I just remember being like, oh, okay, this one. Oh, sure. This is what we're doing? (laughs) Okay, great. I support it. (laughs) 
I mean, I think we we did vacation by the go-go, so everyone was all over the place. Yeah. What a time. What a time at your lapel school. Yeah. People with eclectic <laughs> tastes. Into it. Like it. Number three. See, now here's where I think people are going to be like maybe throw in their phones and being pissed at us. I don't know because I think one and two are so solid. I agree, but you you were more of a proponent of not for me. having this as number one or even number two than I was. But I we negotiated because we're good at this. We have to. We have to. This is equitable. Number three, DuckTales. Life is like a Solve a mystery or rewrite history. DuckTales, Every day that I've been making DuckTales, Tales of daring Duckburg. <laughs> <laughs> I think also what makes this song so iconic is the dive into the money. Like, that's yeah. what people remember. That's what they think. So it's a visual. More it's than a visual theme. in combination with the song. But the woo is very fun. Like, it's the same thing with, like, chit 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 Like, people like to do that part of it. I mean, good connection here. Because yeah. it's sung by the same guy, the same Jeff. Do. Jeff. Jeff Pachetto. Which is, I'm assuming how you say his name. But, yeah, he sang so, both of them. But also, more importantly, oh, the song was written by Mark Mueller. Okay. Also wrote Chippendale Adventures. Okay. But I found out oh God. that he wrote Babysitting Blues from Adventures in Babysitting. Stop it. He did not. Yes. What? Sung by Elizabeth Shue? Yes. Oh, my God. Wait. Oscar. Oh, okay. For a second, I read your Oscar-nominated lead actress, Elizabeth Shue, and I thought for a second Babysitting Blues was nominated for an Oscar, and I was about to throw my laptop. I mean, <laughs> in our Oscars. I know. Yes. In our Oscars. Yes. Well, wow, what a time. If we had if we had an award ceremony, Elizabeth Shue would be getting a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> Just for singing Babysitting Blues? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, what else? What else do you have um, on DuckTales? The Duck theme Tales? has been widely regarded as one of the most memorable for a TV show. And um, Dan Fletcher of Time Magazine said, its lasting impact, despite being just a children's song, some of the lyrics might not make sense to those older than the age of 10. We're not sure how life in Duckburg is like a hurricane <laughs> or exactly what a duck blur is. But the DuckTales song is still awesome. How is I mean, true. Things it's are... true. When, when there's a good theme song, it doesn't have to make sense. No. We don't. We don't need it to. Because I sometimes think, like, Full House doesn't even make sense. It doesn't yeah. at all. It's, or Family Matters. It's like four different songs yeah. all in one. But the thing about a theme song that makes it successful is, in my opinion, twofold. One, it gets you pumped to watch the show. Yeah. And two, it gives you this sort of warm and fuzzy feeling in general about the show. Like, I couldn't tell you a single episode of DuckTales. No. But I could... Sure as hell sing you the entire and song. three, if you heard it elsewhere, you'd be like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Turn it up. Turn it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like if it came on in the car or someone's singing it at karaoke. If someone's singing a theme song at karaoke, that's my people. Yeah. Like I'm already into that person. Like you've crossed the threshold of being my friend just by saying, doing that. And it's just like. You've earned our respect. You've earned our respect. And it's, I mean, that's what it is. And then, you know, I've said it before, it's marketing. It's a way, because if you're singing the song, you're basically like... You're singing their product. You're singing their what product. they're selling. Totally. And you're like, now 
someone else is hearing you singing it. What are you singing? Oh, I'm singing the DuckTales theme song. What's DuckTales? Here we go. Word of mouth marketing right there. Genius. The theme song was actually so beloved that when they rebooted the show recently in the past year or so, Mm -hmm. they didn't change it much. The only differences are a woman sings it. Okay. And the bass is a little toned down. That's it? That's pretty much 80s bass flowing through the original version. That's what you want. But that's the only change. People would have lost their damn minds if they had, like, remixed it or, like, it was something totally different or if it was brand new. Yeah. I mean, controversial for fans to just reboot it in general and Mm -hmm. have it with an all-new cast, like Bobby Moynihan, Ben Schwartz. A random bunch of people. Yeah, a lot of people. (laughs) I don't know. Very beloved. But not as beloved to us as these <laughs> you have top to clarify. two. Well, it's interesting because I feel like we went with icons for 60s, 70s. This list is very specific to you and me. Yeah, that's true. Number two, Muppet Babies. say that this is iconic. I mean, yes. Babies. babies. (laughs) We need a third person to jump in with a high pitch. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, this, I also loved Muppet Babies. Yes. A lot. Same. And I think I loved it, back to my point about what makes a good theme song, is because the theme song got me so pumped Mm -hmm. and it gave me such a warm and fuzzy feeling about the show. And the mystery of Nanny. (sighs) We only see her legs. Yeah. What do you look like? What do you... Who are you? you I mean, Nanny could be anything. Where are their parents? <laughs> what? Exactly. Is she running a daycare or does she just... Is, take, is a she a foster home? situation? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. What's going on? You really break this down. Um, okay. You did the research on this. What do you got? Composed by Hank Saroyan. Saroyan. Okay. And Rob Walsh. Um, approximately 100 of the songs on Muppet Babies were co-written by Alan Day and Janice Leibhardt. Okay. I forgot that this show actually had so many songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. So many musical numbers. Like, so many. Uh-huh. Um, with the exception of a the theme song and the song called Rocket to the Stars, which was also written by Hank and Rob. Okay. Hank and Rob. Besties. So, <laughs> the theme song details how the power of make-believe is empowering. Mm-hmm. There's actually an extended verse in which the babies introduce their interests. What? Have you heard this version? I don't think I have. Like Gonzo's like, is that the I Like Adventure one? Maybe. that's in, I thought that was just the theme song. Now I'm confused. I Like Adventure and Animal Dance? Yeah. Is there like one that goes on with like fears and likes and dislikes? Like where does it go? Fears and likes and dislikes. How long does it go on for? So I'm guessing the version we know is the extended version, Maybe. but I'm not sure. God bless syndication. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a band called Shannon and the Clams, and they covered this song, and I feel like it was actually made for this band. I know I've played it for you in the past, but okay. it is just perfection. And again, more bands need to cover theme songs. That's the theme of this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll write a theme song about it. Perfect. Um. So... They've also updated the Muppet Babies. What? Did you know this? No. It's on Disney Junior. Okay. First of all, I hate everything about the way it looks. Okay. It's like 
computer animated. Oh, no. Yes. I'm already upset. The theme song is the same, mm. but terrible. Oh, no. So they saw, Is this a Golden Girls spinoff they saw situation? What we did, they saw what we did for DuckTales. They were like, this great. Let's just tweak it a little. They made this into a nightmare somehow by Uh-oh. just tweaking it a little. Mm. It's a very fine line for what you can do with the Muppet Babies theme song. Apparently. And they have crossed it. Oh, those dicks. But when I was reading about Muppet Babies, there was a thing I didn't consider how the 80s had a wave of cartoon characters but younger versions. Like their kids? Like Scrappy-Doo? So there was like Scooby-Doo, Scrappy-Doo, mm-hmm. Flintstone Kids. Oh, yeah. Tiny Toon Adventures, which is Baby Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry Kids. What? Um, Care Bear Cubs. Okay. Baby Snoopy. What? Baby Garfield. What? Sesame Beginnings. Baby Felix. Baby Betty Boop. No one like, needed just, that. It's like how we in 2018 are just doing reboots of everything yeah. they just made everything into children so like baby betty boop very hard to say does she just look like herself as a baby or is she so. just like smaller what? version sexy of sexy baby sexy baby like what i'm imagining Weird. a cartoon baby but with her hair okay which i think is a cartoon i would watch maybe yeah but i have no idea where it would go I wonder if everyone was like, uh, we have all this IP. What can we do with them? Oh, let's just make them smaller. Make them babies. Make them babies. Make them babies. <laughs> I, I mean, think I would watch the like the opposite of that, which is like, make them old. Make them I'd old. watch that. Oh, 100%. I'm going to say something very controversial. I like the Muppet Babies better than I like the Muppets. Wow. Just let that you sit. Know, I might I might <gasps> be on the same page. Really? I don't know. I've, I always appreciated a Muppet. I've never been a huge Muppets fan. Okay. Like, I love I love what they're about. I love what they do. Yeah. If I saw a Muppet in person, I'd probably cry. But I, don't, I never have felt that much of an attachment to them. Yeah, like I do towards the Muppet yes. Babies. I agree. Side note, uh, the, this is like Muppets tangential. The guy who does Big Bird mm-hmm. just retired this week. Did his okay. last thing as, as Big Bird. He's also Oscar the Grouch. <gasps> what? Who will replace him? I don't know. He's been doing it for 50 years. The same guy. Wow. And he's only 5'10", but Big Bird's like 8 feet tall. Mm-hmm. You know how he does the Big Bird? Like it's two his children. hand. Oh. No, his hand is his beak. He can't see anything. Fascinated. Wow. I was picturing like children in a trench coat. Like he puts someone on his shoulders. Yes. Yes. There's a small person in there. There's two people. No, I was I w- blown away. I'm more attached to Sesame Street than Muppets. Like if I, I saw too. Big Bird, oh, I'd cry. forget about it. Forget, forget about it. Big Bird in Japan. Great. Great movie. <laughs> all right. If you know us at all, you know, you knew. Number one. No surprise. Gem. Gem. Icon. Legend. Underappreciated. We stand a legend. <sighs> yeah, underappreciated. But we did a whole series on Gem, and we were like, kind of get why people stop watching it. It's very hard to get through. But God, is this a good theme song. It is. A, it's not a theme song. It's a jam. 
it's a bop, it's a standalone thing all in and of itself. If you were like, oh, this is just a regular song, I'd be into it if and I again, knew nothing about the I cartoon. I love the way the misfits yell at me. We got a lot of misfits <laughs> like, yes, tell me more about yourself. You're so angry. Why are you so angry? Oh, it's so good. So I revisited, you know, our gem information. Yes. And so Peter Phillips had worked with a songwriter, Anne Bryant, for a long time. And the show was looking for a singer for the singing voice of Jim. Yes. He suggested to his daughter that she should audition. Britta Phillips, you may remember mm-hmm. us talking about her. Um, they had everyone who was, aud- who was auditioning record the Jim theme. Britta was chosen as the singing voice. The theme song on the show is her audition. She only had to do it one time. One time. One cut. Perfection. Perfection. Right from the start. And then she makes a cameo in the shitty movie, and it was great. I mean, spoiler alert, the end of A Star is Born was done one time. So am I saying Britta Phillips is as good as Lady Gaga? Maybe. (laughs) Britta Phillips paving the way for Lady Gaga is basically what you're saying. Yeah. And let's not forget they've changed the theme song in season two to Gem Girls, and we hate it so much. Awful. So this is a specific short-lived theme song that will live on. Forever, forever because it's that good it's truly outrageous yeah what other theme songs truly outrageous hmm? nothing none. none zero and this too like i said this gets stuck in your head the thing about this song is that it's doing the heavy lifting for a show that's kind of crazy mm-hmm. and it's like the other ones where you're like oh great muppet baby's like the show's great it's cute we have no objections Gem, you're like, what? You need the theme song <laughs> to tie it all together. Yeah, you need that Although push. Although the theme song tells me nothing about Synergy, and we still aren't quite sure what Synergy is or oh is God. doing. Just reliving our conversations of our lack of understanding of holograms in general yeah. is kind of amazing to me. But, yeah, this really did all the work to make Gem seem good and credible it's like wait (laughs) what's this hot track and then 22 minutes later you're like wait what how did i get here but that song i mean right there is why it's number one it gave the show credibility completely i i totally agree with you so in looking back at our friend don's email he has gem on there which i respect so you know he's a boy i feel like sometimes you know uh things are different a lot of boy specific shows in the 80s like really yes, like i noticed towards that. kids like or geared towards little boys and so it was like uh i get it and not even just like boys because you can like whatever you want boys but it was like you have to be tough and oh yeah it was all gi joe level yeah transformers yeah. like a lot of that stuff so his list i will read his list really quickly heathcliff eight alvin and the chipmunks seven gem and the holograms six mm. inspector gadget five okay gummy bears four Here's the thing, Don. I listened to it. It's a hot jam. <laughs> I don't remember it. Like, it wasn't seared into my memory in the same way, and so I couldn't include I it. I also have weird feelings about it because, for me, I didn't know the show very well. Yes. And a manager at a zoo job I had played it on a mix CD a lot, mm-hmm. and so it became like associated with work which i didn't like yeah so i have negative feelings about it but that's for personal that's reasons. for personal reasons again hot jam i just didn't feel comfortable speaking to it in a way because i didn't have like this level of love for the gummy bears but i remember the opening thing when i watched it i was like oh yeah this is a mm-hmm. great song three muppet babies two chippendales 
one DuckTales. Wow. So the only ones we don't, we didn't Disney include kid. Heathcliff and Gummy Bears. So we did okay. We you did love okay. Heathcliff, though. I love Heathcliff. I wanted to put it on there, but it was just, it was another one of those things where I'm like, I don't feel like this is memorable to as many people. You know what I think I love the most about Garfield? What? Is that there's a character named Nermal. Like, that's the best part, right? In my, house, in my household, name. when you're nervous, you're, we always say, like, I'm normal. Like, it's just <laughs> great. I don't know why. It just is stuck. And yeah. normal's a weirdo. So we've done our top eight. Mm-hmm. But I just want to throw out some honorable mentions. So in our last one, we kind of had some guidelines to pick the theme songs because it was truly hard. Uh-huh. Truly outrageously I hard. I was waiting for you to say that. And so we, like... Cut instrumentals. We cut, you know, everything yeah. had to be a specific way. Yes. Shout out, though, to so many good late 80s instrumentals. There's Beetlejuice, yes. which is different from the movie score. Yes. And I love it still. Oh, real quick, before someone yells at me about Ghostbusters, we didn't include it because it's just the movie yeah. theme song. Calm down. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm missing one. There's a really good one. And then, obviously, The Simpsons Simpsons. happened in 1989, which is arguably one of the most iconic theme songs of all time. Yeah. I mean, like, high school bands play it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's amazing in and of itself right there. Like, some band directors, like, you know what we're going to do at halftime? The the Simpsons theme 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 song. The Simpsons theme song. And everyone loves it. Yeah. It's a crowd pleaser every single time. Yeah. Even if you haven't watched The Simpsons in like 20 years, you still the love high it. high school band and Never Been Kissed plays it. They do. And it's delightful. When they find her car, that's mm-hmm. what they're playing. Josie Grossi. Ugh, it all comes back to Josie. Everything we do comes back to Josie Grossi. It comes back to Josie and the Pussycats in some way. Yeah. Josie period. Yeah. We're, we're not... either talking about Josie and the Pussycats or Never Been Kissed. Yeah. The end. And she's named after Josie and the Pussycats. So yes, great. Perfect. <laughs> put a nice bow on this episode. That's it for the 80s. The 90s already stressing me out. Already stressing me out. I feel like people are going to have some hot takes on our top eight, though. Yeah. Please tell us. I want to know. I want, I want people to come at us. You're just asking for it? Yeah, well, I want people to come at you for DuckTales because wow. it's, like, controversial. I mean, it's fine. It just doesn't do it for me. I would not yeah. have put it at number one because um, I don't think it's number one. But number three, controversial. I think it's fine at number three. Okay. All right. I don't know. Relist them up at Babies, everybody. Yeah. Then and call me. There's a key change. Anytime there's a key change <laughs> in a song, I like respect. Respect. It gets like a huge props from me. So send us an email with your hot takes. Follow us on social. Find us on our Threadless store. We have so many good things happening. Give us your 90s top nine. Oh, yeah. Don. We'll judge it. Don. We want, <laughs> we want some intel from you. We want uh, other people's top nine or just even things that you're like, please take this into consideration. Yeah. Fight for your song. Yeah, like an underrated one <gasps> that maybe yeah. only you remember. Or <gasps> like Heathcliff, Maren thought she was crazy. I did. For you're years. not alone here. I'm not. Yes, you're safe. Vanguard Fighters, we like to create a safe environment for your weirdness. That's <laughs> what we do. So until next Friday, guys. Bye. Bye.